Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. could the left possibly want after same-sex marriage and transgenderism? Try polygamy. The media laughed off groups like FRC when we warned about that 15 years ago. Now, a decade and a half later, with American parents in the fight of their lives over girls' sports and city councils endorsing three-person relationships, it turns out we were right. The LGBT's fight was never about marriage. It was about every sexual and social norm. Justice Antonin Scalia predicted as much in 2003. With prophetic insight, he pointed to the threat to state laws, quote, based on moral choices against bigamy, same-sex marriage, adult incest, prostitution, adultery, fornication, bestiality, and obscenity in his descent from Lawrence versus Texas. People thought he was being dramatic or exaggerating, but they don't think so anymore. An astounding 20% of Americans now think polygamy is morally acceptable tripling the number who held those beliefs when Scalia issued that warning. So America's slippery slope is ever icier now with the news that another city council has officially recognized polyamorous relationships as an acceptable form of domestic partnership. Somerville, Massachusetts, 
was the first to do so last summer, followed by the Cambridge City Council this month. In the same town that's home to Harvard University, the Christian Post Brandon Showalter points out a relationship of two or more persons who are not related and consider themselves to be a family are now considered legitimate partnerships in the eyes of the local government. Massachusetts was the first state to usher in same-sex marriage, so it only makes sense that it would also be the first to tear down the barriers to open relationships too. After all, if love and consent is all that defines a relationship, then proponents of incest, pedophilia, and group marriage can follow the LGBT playbook all the way to legitimacy. Uh, If my liberal friends recognize the legitimacy of free people who choose to form romantic partnerships with multiple partners, Frederick DeBoer wrote in Politico right after Obergfell in 2015, how can they deny them the right to the legal protections marriage affords? It was a surprisingly candid look at where this debate was headed. These days, the movement that promised to quit once it won marriage through the courts doesn't bother pretending anymore. The only limits that exist are your own reality, unless you're a Christian. And then it isn't live and it isn't live and let live. It's conform or be punished. Even the American Psychological Association is fighting to give open relationships protected legal status because as far as they're concerned, monogamy is bigotry. That's just monogamy between one person, two people, one man, one woman. And that's being a bigot, by the way. Once a culture rejects God's design, basic biology, and thousands of years of civilization, there are no boundaries. Regardless of what the extremists say, They're never satisfied until society acquiesces to what they want, a complete and total surrender of all moral standards. And that is what a lawless society looks like in the year 2021 and the days that lie ahead. And you have to ask yourself, what is it in the psyche? What is it in the mind of any human being that would push a society to publicly embrace this kind of debauchery is the best way to put it. Because it is debauchery in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God, he created marriage between one man and one woman, both possessing X chromosomes and Y chromosomes and particular chromosomes identifying their gender as male and female. And it was in that intention that God brought forth creation. Through procreation between a male and a female, the world grew. This perverse action, this wickedness that is no longer behind closed doors hidden away on Jeffrey Epstein's island, this is now open and in our face, and yet we stand by and we watch it happen and learn to accept it like Lot did in Sodom and Gomorrah. And only God knows when Lot moved to Sodom and Gomorrah, if it had already been underway with the homosexual agenda, the debauchery of the people of his day, 
their proud, arrogant spirit, their uh, idleness and abundance of bread and all the things that afford a, uh, a, a society that would become so licentious? Or was it a different society when Lot moved down to Sodom and Gomorrah, just a beautiful place, and then while he was there, did it transform before his very eyes? Well, regardless, we know that this country is being transformed. It did not begin this way. It began as a great nation. It began as a moral nation, a people that believed in the Bible, a people that believed in Jesus Christ. They understood the moral values and the principles of the Word of God and the kingdom of heaven and honored that to a degree, a very large degree, even in our courthouses and in our government. But today, in the year 2021, we have a runaway, I mean, just this outrageous behavior that has been somewhat secret, but now is becoming publicized in the public arena of man's thoughts. Now the idea that Three men and two women could all be married, receive a license for their marriage. They could have intercourse with one another, and they could all claim to be part of one family. They'll walk around in their diapers. They'll walk around in their mess. Their minds will be absolutely twisted and deformed, and because they can't really handle it, they know it's an absolute absurdity. They will participate in some of the grossest things that human beings could ever consider. And they will be in your neighborhood, living in homes on the same street with your children, practicing this kind of behavior, protected by the law. They will bring their ideas into the classroom, into public education, as it's already begun. Transgenderism was not enough, as was written in the article. But now comes the real ugly stuff in society. And we stand back and we go, how is this possible? I mean, how is it possible? I mean, if you want to be perverse, If you want to be wretched, if you want to be wicked, if you want to be abominable, do it in your own house behind closed doors. Be as weird as you want to be. Pay the price when you're dead or you're dying of AIDS or sickness and disease. You pay the price. But don't legislate it, for goodness sake. Don't be a a court that is designed to protect the Constitution of the United States of America so that we could all live in a peaceful society with a, uh, an idea that, you know, your actions are not going to destroy my happiness. And it's impossible for people to say, well, the Constitution was so that these debauched people, these wicked, demonically possessed people, the Constitution wasn't designed so that they could do what they want at the expense of the happiness of the rest of society. And that's exactly what homosexuality and lesbianism and transgenderism and all these other things have done in our society. They've given people the right and the freedom to participate and practice it legally, but it's also been at the expenditure of our 
societal, psychological mindset. And the, the proof is a biblical proof that when societies become like that, righteous people like Lot are vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked. And so when righteous people who were the initial foundational grassroots people of a nation who understood long ago that this is unacceptable behavior and the law protected society from such abomination that if you committed it, you went to prison just a generation ago. Well, you cannot for a moment think, well, the Constitution's there to protect their rights to be as wicked as they want to be and that everybody else just has to go along with the program. No, their actions, what's being promoted in our society, creates satanic altars that produce societal shame and disgrace, and things begin to mm, dim, wax old, cave in, and to think that, well, I'm just going to be happy. I'm, uh, you know, whatever they do, that's up to them. I'm just going to be happy. Well, go live in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot and see if that's a reality, especially if you claim to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But on a deeper level, you have to ask yourself, what are these people doing? Have they completely turned themselves over to demons? Have they completely said of God, he has forsaken the earth, he does not see, and are allowing their flesh to become so demonically possessed by the most aggressive ideas, contrary to human nature itself? And how did we get there? And then to imagine that our courts, our legal system, from the Supreme Court of the United States of America on down to the local courts allowed this to become law in our land, thus violating the conscience of sanctity and morality so that a few evil, wicked people can express themselves, which they could have done already behind their own closed doors, but now to openly say this is okay? Is that normal? You say, oh, we want to go back to normal. Get rid of COVID-19. You're never going to be in normal if we accept that these things are normal. These abnormalities that are being set in place by the courts of our land, legislated and promoted, even if COVID-19 goes away today and nobody else dies of the disease and the masks come off and everything's free, yay, yay. Well, the bottom line is the implementation of this kind of debauchery is destroying our peace, our joy. And you may say, well, not mine. My peace is in Jesus. All right, praise God. So is mine. But if you're the righteousness of God living in society and these things are going on, there's a warning in the New Testament several times about what happens to a nation who becomes like Sodom and Gomorrah that they will pay the price in the exact manner that they did back there. But what's disturbing is how many few Christians are even bothered by what is going on in our society. And more than that, 
how so many Americans who have children and want a normal lifestyle for their children in school and public school and education and the arts, they're subjecting them to the wolves of our society to be torn to pieces in their little minds and to become prey to the predators within our society that are promoting these things. And we sit back and we don't do anything, and that is absolutely amazing. And we allow the courts of our nation to consider. They are willing to hear this case, but they're not willing to hear the open fraud in the elections that somebody put together and said, here's a thousand or so pages of facts and evidence and videos. We, this, this election was a fraud. The president the other day was on TV, said the same thing. It was a rigged election. It was a fraud. And yet the courts didn't want to hear that case. But they'll hear the case of possibly opening the door to polyamorous relationships What is that? What is that? It's terrifying is what it is. But the word of God speaks to it. I'd like to share a little bit today out of the word in 2 Peter chapter 2. And we'll be rather brief here today, I'm sure. And 2 Peter chapter 2, we'll just pick it up in verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people. All right? False prophets among the people. Franklin Graham said that Jesus Christ would have taken the vaccination if he had been, if it had been in his time. Now, you tell me. Now, what I want to do is pray for Franklin Graham. Because Franklin Graham was on the front lines leading this nation against the homosexual agenda. And I think what happened is that the blowback, the spiritual warfare that came against his life has begun to war against his soul. And what we need to do is pray for this man that he would repent of what he confessed. We need him to be safe from the homosexual community, the lesbian, the wolves, the perverse people of this society, the wicked, abominable people in this society that come together in their ritual orgies and, 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 and do the most disgusting things among themselves and curse men like him. It's obvious that what he said was wrong. It's obvious. And so he's under attack. That's the only way I could possibly view our brother Franklin Graham, and I want us to pray for him so that whatever has come against his life, that the enemy of his soul will be bound and release him from this idea that we, even Jesus, would have taken a vaccination. Because that's not Franklin Graham. That's not the frontline warrior that we know. But it shows how when you get on the front lines, the enemy of your soul is going to come against you with everything he's got. So rather than condemning the man, let's pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, hear our humble plea for mercy that you will quicken reality back in Franklin Graham, that he will come to his senses and rebuke the words that came out of his mouth. And he'll have the courage and the strength 
to say what is right, to not capitulate or to become part of something that is wrong. Because I can't imagine what it says. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. It is a damnable heresy to say that Jesus Christ would have taken the vaccination if he were here. That is a damnable heresy. The healer of the universe does not need a vaccination from a sin-sick world of twisted and confused and perverted minds. I don't care how educated they are from Harvard. They are twisted and perverted people that have no real understanding about anything but the evil agenda to take control over every person in this society. It's all about integration. Puncture everybody's arm. Get this shot because it's all about integration. Everything is about integration. And if we could integrate the world through this vaccination, we could integrate them. We could control them. We could subject them. We could program them. We can condition them because that's the great psychological warfare going on right now in our society has been going on a long time. And the capitulation from men like Franklin Graham is shockingly, terrifyingly concerning. So our brothers who we're not going to point a finger and say, you're a false prophet. We're not going to do that. We're going to ask God to help them that the blinders will come off and they'll come to their senses and say, wait a second. I misspoke. I misspoke. And they will repent, and we could move on, and they could be the leaders that God has called them to be in the positions of power. But I'm telling you, this is the kind of warfare that's coming out against the people. Now, the damnable heresies is what they're going to present, even denying the Lord that bought them. And he did by speaking that Jesus would have taken the vaccination. He denied the lordship of Christ. He denied his authority, his power. He denied him because he would not have taken it. Jesus touched lepers while his disciples would say, no, don't touch them. He touched them. Why? He didn't need a vaccination. He is the vaccination. even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. I do not want to see swift destruction hit Franklin Graham's life or ministry. I don't want to see it hit John Hagee or Kenneth Copeland or anybody else. You know who I'm praising God for right now? Daystar Television, which I normally really don't like to watch. But Joni and Marcus are having intelligent doctors that are now coming on their program and proclaiming this vaccination is horrid. They are educating millions of people around the world. Marcus and Joni Lamb, whatever you've ever thought about them, you need to support them. They're bringing Dr. Richard Bartlett, I think his name is, who's prescribing another option rather than a vaccination that could bring healing if there really is a COVID-19 flu. 
They're bringing in Mrs. Tenpenny on their program to speak out against the horrific reality, and they are resisting it. And this is Marcus and Joni Lamb on Daystar Television. God bless them. Hallelujah. Well, it says in verse 2 about these false prophets, many shall follow their pernicious ways. You ask yourself, well, what the heck is a pernicious way? Pernicious ways is the apollia. That's where you get the word apollyon, son of perdition. Actually, it literally means their destructive ways, their misery, their ruinous ways, their damnable ways, their ways that lead to perdition. False prophets will always lead into perdition, whoever follows them, and yet we're, we're concerned about, and many shall follow them. The word many there again is the polus, and that means much, large, the majority. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, their damnable ways, their ways that lead to perdition. And when you have spiritual leaders telling us, hey, guys, you've got to follow this. You've got to take the vaccination because Jesus would have taken it. And you need to follow him. That, that is so absurd. Pray for our brothers and sisters. But it goes a little deeper with these false prophets. Through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. That phrase there, make merchandise, is the emporiu oami, okay, that's a big Greek word. But what it means is to travel or to trade, to buy and sell, to make merchandise. It talks about to go trading or travel for business or to traffic. Well, through covetousness. Who's covetousness? The people that are listening to them are covetous. Shall they, with feigned words, so they're going to play upon the covetous desires of the masses, and through their feigned words are going to make merchandise of you. That's what Peter said. They're going to make merchandise of you. He's talking to his own congregation. He's talking to Christians. He's saying that these these false ones are going to take advantage of you. They're going to use feigned, pretentious words. They're going to try to convince you through a false anointing that you need to do certain things, but they're going to make merchandise of you. And he says, whose judgment now of a long time lingers not. Praise God for judgment. Thank God that he's a just God. And he says their their, their judgment lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. So a day of accountability will come upon the false prophets, the false teachers, the false apostles. Everything false in the kingdom of God is going to be met with divine justice and judgment. And we thank God for that. Verse 4, listen carefully to the word of God. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, who did? For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, 
and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. How many of you know that a flood is going to come in the world of the ungodly, but it's not going to be water. It is going to be a flood of divine justice through fire that is going to burn them up. It's just what the word of God says. That day is coming, but you don't want to be remade merchandise of. You don't want to be deceived. You don't want to be caught in this thing so that you have been swept away, for many will follow their pernicious ways. You don't want to go that way. And yet he's telling you what is going to happen for everybody that capitulates, yields to, accepts, moves in that direction. What does he do? Verse 6, he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, meaning a catastrophe, making them an ensample, a pattern unto those that after should live ungodly. So God uses in the New Testament, also in the book of Jude, Sodom and Gomorrah as an example, a pattern, an example of what will happen to an individual or a society that becomes like this. And you tell me, while we're fighting all these things, that our society is now a Sodom and Gomorrah society growing worse It's like this thing, this wickedness is just birthing all this wickedness and evil. And we think no trouble is going to come to us. How do you get there? Because the many, even in the kingdom of God, the many followers of Christ are following the false prophets. They're following their false doctrine. And most likely, the people that are preaching these falsehoods like Jesus would take that, most likely, if they don't repent, they also preach the pre-tribulational rapture. They also preach once saved, always saved. Because they've already been immersed in false gospel, false doctrine, it's not absurd to think that they're going to be the leaders in the last day to the millions that they've influenced, that there is no reason to worry because you're going to be gone in a secret, imminent, pre-trib rapture. And how many of those teachers are in our society today that have been proven false, their doctrine, but rather than repenting, they fight for it, And so they become the willing pawns of the satanic reality to further spew false doctrine like we're hearing now. To lead the many masses of once Christian followers into destruction. Verse 7, and he delivered just Lot. Praise God, he's a God of deliverance for the just. God is a deliverer for the remnant. God will deliver the righteous. God is a ever-present help in the time of trouble. But when people that once followed Christ turn to the false prophets and teachers who tickle their ears, tell them what they want to hear, speak these blasphemous ideas, and people follow them, they're being led into ruin and destruction, God won't stop it. God will have the truth spoken, but the people don't want to hear the truth. 
because they've been taken by the spell. But they've already been conditioned with false doctrine. Once saved, always saved. I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm going to heaven. And they neglect. The devils believe and tremble. Plethora of scripture that warns us that we may have been partakers of the Holy Ghost. We may have been those who follow the Lamb and were born again and received of the Spirit and made atonement for, but then we went back and there was no longer a sacrifice. We ignore all these verses. And then the false teaching about the pre-trib rapture that every single one of them will say, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that's where it is, and it's not there. And yet people see what's not there. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, these same people that teach these ideas are now telling their congregations, take the shot. It's going to save your life. Take the shot. It's going to save you. So he delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. You know, there's a very choice word spoken by the apostle Peter. What was he? He was vexed. You know what the word vexed actually means? Listen to the definition here, catapaneo. And what it means to labor down, he was vexed. He was worn out to wear with toil. It means to be harassed, to oppress. So he was treated roughly to make trouble for. He was afflicted, oppressed with evils. He was tired. He was worn out. He was toiling. He was exhausted. He was harassed. He was vexed. How? He was vexed with the filthy conversation. The word filthy is the aseglia, and the word filthy means the unbridled lust. He was worn out, harassed, oppressed, laboring under the toil of this unbridled lust. And that's exactly what is being promoted in our society today. Unbridled lust. That's what the conversation was, what I just read to you in the article. They're never going to stop. Unbridled, without law, no restraint, unbridled lust. It also means excess, licentiousness, lasciviousness, wantonness, outrageousness, shamelessness, and insolence. Well, if this is not a season of outrageousness in our society, then I don't know what is. Outrageous behavior. And it's being promoted, legislated by the legal system in our society I thank God I live in Northwest Arkansas. Thank God I live in a state where at least the governor signed off on a bill by one of our state senators, Jason Rappert, I believe his name is, who we're going to get behind and support. There is no legal any longer in Arkansas. You cannot have an abortion, not even if it's incest and not even if there's rape involved. There's no legal means. Zero except if the mother is ready to die. If the mother's life is at risk and she's going to die, they will abort the baby to save the mother's life. That's it. That was passed 
our governor in Arkansas signed off on that bill. And our desire in this state is to get more people in our society, like our state, represent, state representative, Senator Jason Rappert, into positions of power to at least maintain a sobriety of normality and to help us never let this evil prevail in our, in our area, in our region. You know, when God told me and my wife, Patricia and I, to come to Northwest Arkansas, he knew we are the only number one state in the United States of America that passed this kind of law against abortion. And I am so thankful and so happy and will do everything I possibly can to make sure that godly men and women will take positions of power that will not capitulate to this globalist agenda, this federal governmental debauchery that they are entertaining, and how dare the Supreme Court of the United States of America legalize into our society the filthy, wicked, filthy, that's what it's called, conduct of the wicked in our society. So this outrageous behavior is nothing new. It goes back to Sodom and Gomorrah. There was a righteous man living there by the name of Lot. He was vexed, every, he was vexed with the filthy conversation. In Judah, says every day. He was vexed every day with the filthy conduct of the wicked. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a place where the wicked are creating atmospheres and they are the minority and the majority sit back and do nothing? The Supreme Court of the United States didn't want to hear the case of an election fraud. But they'll hear the case of Ogofell in 2015. They'll hear that case to legislate and legalize homosexual marriages. That is pure, vile, wicked blasphemy by a few people. A few people. And the righteous majority, like the proverbial frog in the pot, are doing nothing. As our society moves into degeneracy, and we say, oh, we've heard it before. No, you haven't even begun to hear. You haven't even begun to understand what is happening to this world. And when good men do nothing, evil prevails. We thought we had all the right people in the Supreme Court. Thought we had all these right people. Thank God in Arkansas, we've got the right people for this moment to stand in the gap. Now, in verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them, speaking of Lot, among the wicked, in seeing and hearing, so he saw and he heard that righteous man among them dwelling in their midst, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now, I've got a red alert for you and for me right now. If you're not vexed by what's going on, you're dead. You are spiritually dead 
if what's going on in our society in this country right now does not vex your righteous soul. You know what it tells me? You're not righteous. You are a dead Christian, capitulated to a false anointing telling you, don't be involved, don't worry, your life is in Jesus. If this time does not trouble you, vex you, harass you, make you to toil, that means you're not doing anything against it, and it means that you are dead. Stop calling yourself a Christian. Stop calling yourself a follower of Jesus and admit the fact you're a follower of false prophets because you're dead while you're breathing to the things of God. If this stuff doesn't annoy you, harass you, vex you, trouble you, that they're doing in our society, drinking the blood of little babies, murdering them, passing laws like this, and the, and, and, the, and the majority of the people are silent, and you're a follower of Christ, Peter is telling you right now you're dead. And that's the truth. That is the truth. So shut your mouth, stop saying you're a Christian, and go babble bath with the rest of them. Stop your nonsense. I'm a Christian, and I'm following Jesus, and I've got a life of peace and joy over here. Meanwhile, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my state, in my local government, in the federal government, they're passing laws without restraint to unbridled lust that will affect our nation, kill our children, but it means nothing to me. Just settle down, be quiet, capitulate, shut your mouth, don't say anything. I'm not following you. I will not follow you. And if you don't want to follow this, this preaching, then don't. Then go away. Go far away. It doesn't bother me a bit. Because I'm not talking to you anyway. Now he goes on to say that this righteous man that dwelt among them, why do you think he's telling the New Testament church? that a righteous man dwelt among them. What he saw and what he heard vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful again, their unbridled deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly. Praise God, he will. But it doesn't mean that the godly are not vexed. It doesn't mean that the godly are not troubled, harassed, because they're not looking to live their own best life now. The righteous should always be concerned about the society in which they live. They're to be salt and light. Well, Lot's salt and light was crushed under the foot and trampled under the feet of his wicked society. And it's going to happen, and it's already happening to regions all across this country and around the world. And if you're not troubled by it, something's wrong with you. Maybe you've been afraid that the government's going to put you in jail. You're afraid that if you speak out against the evils of your society, you're going to get in trouble. Well, you know what? You're going to be in more trouble with God than you are with your government if you stay silent at a time like this. 
but I guess you've already believed that you're just a fancy-filled, fruit-filled little Christian cupcake, and God's okay with you the way you are. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. Yeah, they're all going to be punished. It's all going to happen. God's wrath is going to wipe the living daylights out of all of it. And whether you like it or not, you want to be an effeminate and say, well, God's not that angry. Go ahead. I got news for you. The Bible says God is angry at the wicked every day, but he's not willing that any would perish. So in his long-suffering patience, he's asking the church to engage this battle to speak his heart, and the church won't do anything. We're told, take the shot, follow their ways, capitulate. Don't get upset over all the transgenderism. Just love them. Love them? Love them? God doesn't love them, their actions, that is. God hates them, their actions, and God is going to destroy them. Remember, in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, God destroyed them. He hates their actions. Well, anyways, that's 45 minutes of a moment together. What can I say? All right, the number to call if you have any questions today, 818-369-0326. So what do you do with this frustration? What do you do with this? You wake up in the morning and you're reading articles like now they're going to pass polyamorous laws. And you know what's worse than that? The five people, Joe, Tony, whatever their names are, they're all in there sex potting it up in their homes, diabolical, filthy, in your stinky part. I mean, it gets really weird. They're going to be able to adopt children now into their home. They're going to now adopt children legally into their diabolical, filthy, unclean, wretched lives. What should happen? They should all be put in an asylum. They should be put on an island. Turn Jeffrey Epstein's island into an asylum for the sick, twisted, and perverse people that act out and psychologically reform them and then take the legislators and put them in prison for what they've allowed. That's what should happen. That's normal. That's moral. That's legal. That's right. You're going to let it happen. That's what's going to happen. It's all going to be let happen. It breaks my heart. I don't know what it does to you. I don't know if you even care. It, you know, but I'm telling you, Jeffrey Epstein's island should be made a reformatory for everybody that participates in homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, pedophilia, and now this polyamorous idea. We're all seven, eight, nine people living with babies and young children being adopted by them. They should all go to the island into reformatory. Every one of them. 
and the people that are promoting and legislating it should be in prison. They should be taken out of this society. Period. That's what should happen. But who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? You should hate it. You should hate it. We have now in our society a 21-year-old young man goes down to uh, somewhere in Georgia and kills eight people in an Asian massage parlor. Eight people are killed. Only God knows what really happened down there, whether he really had a sexual addiction and he was blaming them, or if it was the left's narrative, he was a Trump supporter hating the Asians because they hurt our country with the COVID-19 Chinese virus. You're right. So whatever it is, only God knows. Then Boulder, Colorado, a little Muslim man. The left doesn't know what to do with the Muslim. Because he's not a white supremacist. He's not a Trump supporter. He actually didn't like Donald Trump. The left doesn't know what to do with him. He killed 10 people in Boulder, Colorado the other day. I warned you that this was coming weeks ago. We're waiting. The false flags, the mass shootings, they're coming. And then the desensitization is to get you used to it because it's going to happen on a much larger scale all over this country. The big ones are coming. Why? Because we've promoted a sin-sick psychology through their propaganda, through their wickedness, through all this illegal, ungodly stuff that we've allowed to happen in our society. And very few people are shouting out about it. And you wonder why. How is this possible? You have 90% of the church in America right now doesn't have a clue what to do about this moment. Because a huge portion of them think they're going to fly away. Okay, our job's almost done. We've loved the homosexuals. We've loved the Muslims. We've loved the sinner. We've loved them. Okay, let's go to heaven. What a, an awakening they're going to have when they wake up to the reality. No, you're not going anywhere except into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. You cannot entertain false doctrine your whole Christian life and expect for God to somehow mystically, magically keep you from the times of trouble. The Bible tells you what will happen about that. And the very best of us, the very best of us, who do you consider the best? The very best are nothing but briars in our society. We go back to no one's good, no, not one. Oh, but Jesus made us good. Jesus made us good. Yeah, we show the fruits of it. Show the fruits of his goodness. Show the deliverance. Show the salvation. Rather than just, oh, I, I feel so much better about myself because of what Jesus did. But inside of you, you're putrid. You're corrupt. You're evil. You have images and spirits and lies all inside of you. You don't even talk about them. But you're the redeemed of the Lord. Let us say so. We're in a desperate time. The very best 
if the righteous are scarcely saved, barely saved, what will become of those who disobey the gospel? And I venture to say that a huge portion of the Christian population disobeys God's word every day. Oh, you could yell at me. Look at yourself. I do. Believe me, I look at myself. But you look at you. Or are you too afraid to look at you? You got some psychological, doctrinal thing. Don't look, don't look. Best wishes to you in the days ahead. Best wishes. One of the worst scriptures somebody brought up in a Bible study last night is when at the last day, multitudes, the majority, the pulos, are going to come again and say, Lord, Lord, open unto me. Here I am. (laughs) I don't know you. Worker of iniquity. You allowed iniquity in your heart through your whole processing on this earth. You never dealt with it. You never dealt with your perversion, your depravity, your inward bitterness and resentment and bondage and offense and fear and pride and lust. You never dealt with it. You had an outward form of godliness, but you denied the power of God to cleanse your soul. Oh, outwardly you appear to be righteous, but inwardly you're full of dead men's bones. And yet Jesus said, he who commits adultery. But I say to you, if you look upon a woman and lust after her in your heart, you've already committed adultery. What is he saying? It's not about your outward actions or what's going on in your heart. How clean is the church? Where are we? I tell you the very best are briars. Number to call, 818-369-0326 is the number to call. So why, you know, I didn't plan on any of this today. It's just kind of, I read that article and ta-da, here's the scripture verses, 2 Peter chapter 2. It's a scary time. What a time to be a Christian and what do we do? I mean, the only answer is to fall on our faces before God, fall on the rock and be broken. You, you see, what's coming, what's, what's, what's growing all around us, if it doesn't break your heart, because like a snare, so shall it come and they shall not escape. If it doesn't burden your heart, I don't know what to say. I can't shake you enough. I can't provoke you enough. Some may say, well, you know, you're making the narrow pathway way too narrow. Can I tell you? What can I tell you? Waiting for your call, 818-369-0326 is the number to call. Let's see what's been going on in our chat room, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. We'll bring you right into the broadcast. Okay, Brother Mark, a few rich jerks like Bill Gates, George Soros, and only a few others are turning earth into a prison. And if humans do not rise up, earth will be a total prison planet. Doing nothing is what they want. What a great way to say it, Mark. We have a good morning from Sharon Evans. Good morning to you. 
You will wait the rest of your lives for someone to save you, but that will never happen. Time for war. Civis pastum. Preparet bellum. Mark my words. Remember this five years from now. Okay. Time for war. Sarah Ankerman, this shooting was a total setup. The guy was a Muslim American immigrant. Oh, and he was liberal, right? They don't know what to do with that, do they, Sarah? Uh, Jennifer Ortiz, uh, good morning from Laquita. Cindy is saying good morning from her location. God bless you. Evangelist Hunaid Masi, thanks, God. God bless you. Amen, my dear brother. Uh, Sarah Ankerman says, Franklin Graham has blocked many people who have written opposition comments on his post. Well, that's sad because if he would hear the voice of us, our lesser ones, our less commoners, weans, uh, maybe he'd learn something. Wendy uh, Majoran Bredesen says, by the way, that's Wendy Majoran Bredesen said, amen. Kevin Hauger said, good morning, pastor. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, Wendy says, yes, pastor, I know my soul this that this jab is a sinister agenda praying for our leaders that have come under the divisive spirit and lies to come back to our lord jesus amen that's the right thing to do um evangelist again says god bless you thank you for the blessing wendy says i pray that franklin removes the blinders and lies there will be mockers in the last days who walk according to their own ungodly ju- uh, lust not having hit the spirit jude 118 very true uh, Carol Carey, good morning to you. God bless you. Barbara Dickens, Barbara Lee Dixon, I believe the man of sin is about to be revealed. Obama, the Ishmaelite Muslim, most likely. It wouldn't be surprising. Nothing is. He's behind a lot of this garbage, isn't he? Anyways, Kenneth Bruns, wake up. Churches start preaching God's word like Vincent is. We found one in our area. Thank God. Thank you, Kenneth. Uh, we want to do the best we can. May God keep us together. The warfare has intensified exponentially. So thanks for your prayers. Laquita, amen, amen, says Wendy Majoran Bredesen. Johnny JP, good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Johnny. And good morning, Brenda Torville. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. D Choir One, amen, and good morning, Darlene. All right, Darlene, welcome to the broadcast today. God bless you. Wendy Majoran Bredesen, yes, the silence will destroy. Having no truth will save no souls. Sad. David Ellison is with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Sarah Ankerman says, I don't understand how any Christian could vote democratically in which they support abortion, LGBTQ, socialism, etc. I was told that Jesus would be political, that he would just let people do as they would as long as they loved and believed in him. Bam. I heard someone say. Not true. Wendy Majoran Bredesen. Now, in about 30 seconds, we're going to go off the air. There will be no longer time on blog talk, but we'll continue just a little bit here on Facebook and YouTube. We have a time we're going to spend with some beautiful saints from New Wine Ministries in a little lunch in about an hour and a half or so. Looking forward to that. All right. So Wendy says again, if Jesus, may many preachers teach today, Jesus would not have been crucified. <laughs> How true is that? There would be no salvation. Yeah, if Jesus preached what they're preaching today, there'd be no salvation. I love that, Wendy. Well said. Sorry, I meant to say if Jesus taught the way they teach today, there would be no clarification. Okay, so that's the clarification. You're so right. What a brilliant statement. 
I love that. David Ellison, Franklin Graham telling pastors to tell their congregation to take the vaccination and that Jesus would. Read the Bible, Frankie. Yeah, read the Bible. Way to go, Dave. We talked about that up front this morning, David. Uh, Johnny J.D., the wicked will burn in the lake of fire along with Satan and fallen angels. It's true. That's where they're going to go. I don't want to be there. How about you? God forbid. Amen, Pastor. Lord God, raise up pastors like Pastor Vince. Thank you, Wendy. Bredesen, Majorin Bredesen. Thank you for that. Omega Radio. Sarah, all a long time ago, when Clinton was in office and did the unthinkable things in the Oval Office, the church's preacher taught and explained that all should vote based on Jesus and his laws and commandments. Out of 100, how many voted against Clinton? Less than 25%. Why? Because the government pays them feeds them, and so on. People say they believe, but if they don't have money, the government is their God. Thank you for sharing that, Kevin. It's so true. How can the church make any decision because they are not meeting? Hmm. But they're all going to come back together soon. Sarah Ankeman, Omega Radio, this is very, very true. Many are selling their souls for comfort versus trusting that God will add to them and provide for them when they take up their cross and follow him. God help the church in the West. We are probably in the worst shape out of any body of Christ's region. We are pathetic compared to our brothers and sisters standing for truth in righteousness and lose their lives for it. So absolutely true. I believe that's true. Wendy says, amen. It does break my heart. Kevin Hauger, to all, it is not just the West. It is all of America, the churches. If they really knew the truth, they would be standing with Jesus. But they don't know. And because the money they are losing from the tithes would have their 501c3 tax break. Melissa Fletcher gives us a good morning this morning. Hello, Melissa. God bless you. Sarah says, Kevin Hauger, meaning the West of the world, not the Middle East, not China, et cetera, not the persecuted church. We understood that. All right, so here we go. Rick Cochran, love your fire today. Shalom, brother. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. And um, I just don't know, you know, what to do with it. I, like you, sit down and people send videos and we listen to YouTube videos and podcasts and we hear people going, you know, and you sit back and go, well, what was the point of that? What is the point of that? Because until we know what to do, until we know what our part is in this, what do we do with these things? All right, Peter, this is what's going to happen. So what do we do now? There has to be answers. There has to be an answer. The only thing that I really, honest to God, know to do is, first of all, number one, is make sure my heart is clean before God. Totally. Not just today, but such a thorough cleansing of my soul that even on bad days, my soul is right before God. Even on days of adversity, tribulation, pressure, opposition, warfare, my soul stays intact with God because it's really clean. The most important thing in any of our lives is to make sure that the blood of Jesus Christ has so thoroughly cleansed our, our soul, our conscience, our intellect, our emotions, every aspect of our existence. Beyond that, 
I believe that we should all be proactive in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, the good news with every person on this planet. We should have a dialogue and a narrative built into us so that we can argue against false doctrine amongst uh, Christians that are hearing about the false doctrines of pre-tribulational rapture, you know, once saved, always saved, you know, we're not in the last days, you know, Christians should take the mark and blah, blah, blah. That's, by the way, Christians will be taking the mark because their pastors will tell them to take a mark because by taking the mark, uh, you can't lose your salvation. It's terrifying when men like Franklin Graham say, take the vaccination, because you could hear them saying one day, take the mark. You can't lose your salvation, and yet the Bible says, whoever takes the mark will be damned forever. But the one saved, always saved doctrine. So get cleaned up, tell the truth, have a good argument. And beyond that, now what? Pray. Pray that we're not boiled in the pot of complacency, of silence. Pray. And the only prayer you could pray as an American citizen, I'm not talking about being patriots or anything else, as a Christian patriot in an American society that once upheld the values of Christ, like the children of Israel, their government in Israel, they needed to do something about it. As a Christian living in a Judeo-Christian nation that has fallen, as Johnny J.D. just said, America has fallen, and it has, but it was intended by God, a Judeo-Christian nation, is to do something about it. And that's where people get right there. What do you do? Well, every citizen of the United States of America that is witnessing this overthrow, this demonic onslaught by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Barack Obama and the left and these wicked, vile, pedophiles, homosexuals, lesbians, antichrist, bloodletting, blood drinking, godless people. What should happen, according to the founding fathers of the United States to the American citizenry, is you should unshackle yourselves and throw off such guards. See, that's called the Declaration of Independence. That's a vital document in the United States reality thing, along with the Constitution, that when this domestic terrorism See, the terrorism aren't the Trump supporters on January 6th. The true terrorists in the United States of America are occupying the White House right now, seats of power in the Congress and the Senate and the judicial branch of government in the Supreme Court. These are the true terrorists. The true terrorists are the abortion clinics. The true terrorists are the immoral, godless people that are in positions of power. They're the true terrorists. Okay, they just spin it all. They're the communists, the socialists, the far left, the, the God-hating promoters of our society. Now, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence says that when you see this happening, domestic terrorism in your society, it is your responsibility, yea, your duty 
to throw it off. That's the only right thing for a citizen of America who received a Judeo-Christian republic constitution for a moral people and a religious people to do. It's the only right thing to do. And if it's not done because the majority has been convinced, no, 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 you're a bad person if you want to do away with evil people. That's not the truth. So as I said, and we'll say again, the patriots of the United States of America are forming in the mountains, in the valleys, in the open meadows, outside of the view. And the day will come when American patriots will honor the request of their fathers that were written in the Declaration of Independence, and they will throw off this federal government. They will fight against it. It will be a war right here in this country. And the multitudes in the Valley of Decision that don't know which way to go will be forced to make a decision of what they're going to do when the patriots of the United States of America do what they were told to do. They don't need Donald Trump to lead them. They have the voice of the founding fathers. And someone is going to rise up within the ranks and is going to declare the message and is going to lead that revolution of American citizens who were told by their forefathers, when you see this kind of gross wickedness, that the Supreme Court or any other court would actually hear a case for polyamorous relationships where they're going to adopt little children in their wickedness, but will refuse to hear a valid criminal case of an election fraud, you know that the jig is up. Only right thing is for the, whoever those American citizens are that received the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights is to recognize what's happening and now do something about it. That, I believe, is going to happen. And it's the only right thing without repentance, without confession, it's the only right thing for American citizens who have any morality left in them, blush left, any embarrassment, any pain, any grief, any hurt for what's happening to our society. It's the only right thing. So I believe and have seen in the spirit the patriots of this country will gather. And what happened on January 6th, which was very peaceful, very peaceful, will happen again. But this time, it will not be so peaceful. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris could keep the National Guard there. They'll have to do it for four years. The day will come. The confrontation will go. Right now, the setup for gun control, first thing, 
You didn't hear, oh, my God, 10, 18 people in a few days lost their lives. What happened to this Muslim man who was anti-Trump killing 10 people? This 21-year-old in Georgia, eight people. Where did the 18 souls go? Do we care? Nah, the numbers of COVID-19. We got hundreds of thousands, millions of people dying. I mean, what's another 18? But what's important, what is important Get those guns. Mm. Maybe that's going to be the trigger. Go for it, Joe. Go for it, Kamala. Go for it, Barack. Go for it. Got to go. See you all later. See you tomorrow. By the way, Daniel Seckham told me that he'd be with us uh, April 7th. So April 7th, I'll have Daniel Seckham to join us. Keep him in prayer. He sent me the funniest little thing when I heard about the flood, the unprecedented flood they were having in South Wales and in Australia. And I said, hey, are you okay? And he sent me a picture with some guy buried underwater with his hands up in the air. says, yep, we're all good. He had his thumbs up. So keep Daniel in prayer. Got to go. Got to go. There's a roundtable discussion right now. Have a wonderful day. Be blessed.